Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. This episode of the Positive Impact Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh, delicious, healthy, and fresh meals delivered straight to your door. Enjoy cooking again with scrumptious and easy to prepare meals three nights a week. Visit positiveimpactpodcast.com slash fresh for $40 off your first box. For all of my travel and adventure loving listeners out there, today's episode is for you. Joining me, we have Kyle Wiggins, co-founder of Kateka, a community-based travel company. Now, if you're imagining the run-of-the-mill, stereotypical tourist excursions, these are anything but. We're talking authentic, unique, cultural experiences in Latin America. From exploring cocoa farms to learning to shoot blow darts to kayaking in natural reserves, these are the type of adventures that lifelong memories are made out of. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Now, this is actually the second time we got to connect, the first being at Journey to Social Entrepreneurship. Yep, yep. Right. <laughs> so that event was all about identifying the role of service in social enterprise. So kind of having both, you know, been a speaker at that and listening to some of the other speakers, what do you think the role of service in social entrepreneurship is? Well, I think that service provides a great foundation um, for inspiration. Um, you know, I can honestly say that there's no way that I could have formed um, or come up with the idea for Kateka without having done the Peace Corps. Um, the Peace Corps basically provided me um, with the experience of working in the developing world, but then also with the motivation and inspiration to create something you know, innovative um, and different that could positively impact you know, people all over the world. And that was such a unique and fantastic theme throughout the entire conference that we had so many individuals went into Peace Corps wanting to serve or looking for something different and came out with a very unique and specific challenge that they wanted to solve through social enterprise. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with us. <laughs> so digging into your experience, you were a Peace Corps volunteer, you were in Latin America. What exactly spurred this idea for Kateka? Well, so we were... My co-founder and I were both working in um, and as a business development volunteers with the Peace Corps, um, and we did we weren't in the same community. We both lived in communities on our own. Um, you know, I lived in the Panama Canal watershed in Cologne, um, on the Atlantic side of the canal, and my co-founder lived in the Comarca um, with an indigenous tribe in the Western Highlands of um, Cherokee, uh, and we were both working as business volunteers and working on tourism, community tourism projects um, within our communities. Um, and you know, we were able to see firsthand you know, the drive and motivation uh, that, and the, de the desire that our community members had you know, to, benefit, to, take a, to benefit from tourism. Um, you know, this is something that they've, they've been, that's been preached to them um, many times over um, and I think it's preached to many people in the developing world, you know, that tourism is an industry that can help uplift people out of poverty um, and, and help to provide steady income. Um, and so 
you know, they recognized that they had all of these great natural resources around them that they could take advantage of and that they knew their areas and knew their country and their provinces and their cities and towns better than anybody else. Um, and they just felt that this was something that they really wanted to do. And, and we saw that firsthand. Um, we also saw all of the struggles and all of the uh, challenges that they face in, in trying to create a community tour. And I would say the biggest challenge that they faced was being able to get in front of um, potential customers. Particularly uh, since you guys are in rural communities, I can imagine that was a big challenge. Yeah, it was a huge challenge. So um, we were both living in communities with very limited resources, um, you know, no running water, no electricity, um, certainly no internet. Um, and so uh, it was kind of one of the things we think is always crazy about our story is that, you know, although we were we were also living in these conditions um, with our community members, we decided that the best thing to do would be to build a website. Um, so you are, you were living in a community with absolutely no Internet, no running water, yet you're going to start a website. Exactly. That exactly. seems like a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, it definitely was a challenge. So at the at the time, um, it was an idea. I think we were just entering our second year of service. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of had 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 this idea and was kind of you know thinking about it a lot and writing a lot of things down. And then I got into a conversation um, with another volunteer, um, and we just started hashing it all out. Um, and we decided, okay, yeah, we've got you know, we've got time, we can make trips into the city, you know, once every once a week or once every two weeks or so. And basically what we what we did was that each person, so we actually had a, we had one other volunteer helping us at the time. And so what we would do is um, whoever had time to go into town where there was an internet cafe would work on, you know, building this really basic website. And then um, the next person would just pick it up whenever they got the chance to go into town as well. Talk about collaboration to really kick off this project. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it was a really, it was a, it was a very slow moving process. But one of the things you learn during the Peace Corps is that um, nothing goes fast. It's a, it's a slow process doesn't necessarily mean a bad process. It just means, you know, you need to have a, a certain amount of patience and persistence. You know, it's actually very funny that you bring that up because throughout the interviewing several different Peace Corps volunteers on the show, a lot of them describe that it's such a different pace of life when they're in these rural communities that it really does teach patience and really enjoying the movement. So I'm kind of glad that you touched on that. Yeah, definitely. I think that that was a, a big thing that I learned as a Peace Corps volunteer and um, is definitely something that I try to carry with me, um, you know, today and I plan to carry with me throughout the rest of my life. Oh, well, even though we're talking about patience and really enjoying the moment, I'd actually like <laughs> to fast forward to talk about where Keteca is today. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. Obviously, you have this internet business and it's almost an Airbnb of sorts connecting travelers with really authentic and unique experiences around Latin America. What is it like finding and connecting with all these different experiences in rural communities? Um, it's really awesome, actually. I mean, it's, well, it's, it, you know, imagine yourself, you know, as a traveler and, you know, 
it, some of the best experiences that you have are, are going to be when you stumble upon, you know, the random festival happening and um, a village that you were only going to be passing through. Um, but, you know, you made a connection to a local that knew about this thing happening. And then, you know, your whole plan, your whole plan, you know, turns upside down, but it ends up being the best part of your trip. Um, you know, we get the opportunity to connect with and, and work with, you know, the people um, and the people that are in the places and that, that make these kinds of experiences happen. The way you describe it, it really brought to mind all of my favorite travel experiences. And you're exactly right. It was when I happened to be in Italy and find these different carnival events going on or when I was in the mountains and there happened to be a very odd and weird Renaissance fair. But still... <laughs> They were authentic, they were real, and they were organic. Yeah. Now, Keteca is rapidly expanding out of just the community that you served in. I imagine that it might not be feasible originally to go and on the ground, find all of these different rural communities and help them establish their own tourism. How are you finding these experiences? Yeah, so it definitely, you know, at first what we were doing you know, we started, we were in the Peace Corps and we were in Panama. And so we started with our own communities. And, and actually the way that we started the site was we were just figuring out a way to promote the uh, information. Um, we just wanted to put up information about our communities so that there would be something online if anybody happened to search, um, you know, things to do in Panama that are not in Panama City. That became very popular among volunteers in Panama, and so then more and more volunteers were asking if they could contribute information to our website. Um, and and so at that point, the website just served as uh, you know a, a way for a traveler to get information, but there was no way to actually you know reserve or book that experience. Um, the site got popular outside of Panama. So there were 250 volunteers in Panama. Um, and then we started getting requests from volunteers, Peace Corps volunteers in Costa Rica and Colombia and Senegal and Thailand, like all over the world. Um, and we kind of realized, okay, uh, this is something that could really, you know, be useful and be a tool not only for Peace Corps volunteers, but ultimately for communities um, like this all over the world. And, um, you know, so obviously once we realized that, there were, you know, there were a couple of other things that we needed to recognize before we initiated this, you know, platform where people could actually book these experiences. Um, but we also knew there was no way we were going to be able to grow fast enough if we had to go and visit every single one of these places. But, well, fun. That would just be really expensive and really challenging for yeah. a little bit faster growth than that once a week, one website update. Exactly. Um, and so we decided that we were going to, uh, that Peace Corps volunteers were able to get in touch with us um, this easily and kind of send in information. We could leverage our connection and our network to the Peace Corps network, which was, you know, it consists of, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of volunteers serving in, um, you know, over 60 countries worldwide. Um, you know, these are people who have, um, very a very unique and special perspective on the countries that they're visiting or the countries that they're living in. Um, they are, you know, they, so these are people who are Americans living abroad, learning local languages, local dialects, the culture, 
getting to know the people, becoming almost like family members to these people, um, and earning the trust and confidence of, of all of their community members. Um, and they have an incredible perspective and, and you know, an incredible vantage point um, to share with, you know, travelers. By leveraging such a vast, trusted network throughout the world, it's almost a win-win. The communities are working with individuals who are living there and they trust, as well as you going in and creating this and offering these travel experiences. You know that you're providing ones that are sustainable, that they're really helping the communities, and that they're ultimately helping you accomplish the mission of being a valuable resource to the community. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, and we found it to be really great and really beneficial. And a lot of the work that we're doing now is, um, you know, as we grow and as we continue to increase the inventory on our site, um, you know, we're just, we're exploring all of the different ways that we can continue to be a very useful tool for um, developing communities and for um, Peace Corps volunteers who are working in these communities. Now, one of the things that I mentioned earlier was almost comparing you guys to an Airbnb. And I think that's such a great model because going into these rural communities and just not knowing what to expect, you guys help bring that element of trust. What other measures do travelers have that kind of help them adopt Kateka and trust the system a little bit easier? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that we like, I mean, that we, we talk about a lot um, is that you know the experiences that you're going to find on Kateka are vetted. We leverage the Peace Corps network, and we were Peace Corps volunteers ourselves. You know, we work with a lot of partners um, who are on the ground, who know um, what's authentic and what's not, who know what's safe and what's not. Um, and we do a lot of before we add an activity or add an operator guide to our site. Um, we do a lot of research. Uh, we have multiple interviews, even if those interviews are not in person. So far, what we've seen is that you know, our experience in Peace Corps uh, working with grassroots tourism has really prepared us well to be able to discern you know, what, is, uh, what is an authentic experience, what is a safe, ex- what is a safe experience, um, you know, what is all of the pertinent information that a traveler needs to know in order to be able to, to take advantage of an experience like this? We make ourselves available for travelers to be able to talk with us. And that's something that we're working on, too, is making sure that we have, um, you know, actual Kateka uh, points of contact in every country that we're offering experiences Well, I have to admit, having gone through your site and exploring more than my fair share of different adventures that I might be able to go on, I really did see that reflected in the way that you guys were presenting them, in the way that you guys were talking about them. So definitely coming through in a lot of that hard work. Yeah, thank you. Kateka is actually a for-profit company. How are you guys able to make money off of this and continue to fund this amazing platform that you've put together? (laughs) Well... Um, so yes, we are a for-profit company and that is very deliberate. Um, you know, for us, one of the, the big thing that we learned or one of the biggest themes of when you're in the Peace Corps is to do something sustainable. Um, and when we were looking at building this platform, we just, we looked at it, um, you know, we looked at possibly becoming a nonprofit, um, and when we looked at that model, um, and did some research about it, we just thought, that 
it wasn't going to offer us the opportunity to create a sustainable solution for the people in our communities the same way that becoming kind of a for-profit with a um, with a you know, kind of parallel social um, purpose or foundation um, would do. Our business model is really simple. We just we take a fifteen percent um, commission, fifteen to thirty percent commission on each um, booking that comes through the site, and. Typically, that commission and that service is going to be passed on to the traveler, um, and the communities are still going to benefit, you know, 100%. So they're going to get the full price that they're asking for. This framing of you were so dedicated for sustainable, and that's why you chose to go the social enterprise for-profit route as opposed to the nonprofit really strikes a chord because it's so true. In order to create this impact, in order to continue your efforts, you really do have to have some sort of revenue model in there. Right, exactly. I worked for a foundation that gave grants to a lot of different uh, um, charitable, charitable organizations. Um, all of them were mostly, all of them were nonprofits. Um, but one of the things we always asked, you know, was, you know, how do you make money? You know, we always wanted to know because that isn't, that is an element of being, a sustainable organization. When we looked at it, we thought, okay, being a for-profit was going to give us the correct mindset to, to have a sustainable business. And you know, for us, it was really important that the communities actually benefit from our service. So whereas we saw that when indigenous communities, rural communities would have a popular tour and it would become popular enough that it would attract the attention of some large um, travel companies, those travel companies would often take can take up to ninety percent of the revenue per wow. <laughs> and I remember you mentioning that in Journey to Social Entrepreneurship, but even hearing it again, ninety percent just sounds so detrimental for the individuals putting on these tours. Yeah, and I mean, I think that from on the one hand, you can look at it and say, well, these companies are bringing people that otherwise would never be able would never find them. So. You know, the communities are, you know, they benefit in the sense that they get access to people, but it still just seems wrong. A big part of, a big reason why we started Kataga was to reverse that and was to make sure that communities had, um, you know, the power to uh, actually market themselves and actually take advantage of tourism the way that they should, should be able to. Kateka is the new disruptive force in the tourism world, doing the same thing that Uber did for different taxi cabs, the same thing that Airbnb is doing for uh, individuals who want to open up and sh redefine tourism. You guys are doing for the tours and excursions around the world. Yeah, that's. I couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking forward to as you guys are able to expand this model, because I know personally, I'm really waiting for you guys to open up some tours in Thailand, as I will be traveling there in the next month or so. So what do you guys have on the horizon? So right now, we're kind of, we're still growing um, throughout Latin America, and that is our focus. Um, but we do see ourselves uh, moving into Southeast Asia by the end of this fiscal year. Um, and so hope, um, unfortunately, we may not be there by next month. Right. And maybe I'll even find some excursions for you guys to feature and I'll just, you know, pre-vet them for you guys. You know, that would be amazing, actually. <laughs> I think so, too. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome.
Before we dive into some of the really unique experiences that you guys have, what other ways is Kateka really helping impact these rural communities? When you can empower someone to do something on their own, you know, that's the kind of the most sustainable change that you can make. So we always would say that we're not teaching people how to do things, we're teaching them how to teach themselves. We, we are trying to continue to be a resource that they can use to better their own lives. Um, and I, what I saw, even just in the two years that I was in, living with, a, with um, my community in Panama, was that um, you, know, it's, you can gain, each person was gaining a lot of momentum in terms of bettering themselves. Um, you know, when you just empower them to be able to do something on their own or you empower them to be able to um, pursue an idea that, you know, maybe in the past everyone has told them it would be impossible to do. You know, it would be impossible to start a community tour here because nobody knows where this place is. Or it would be impossible to start a community tour here because, you know, you only have a high school education. It goes a long way towards, you know, helping them to look at themselves as, as, as a success and also inspiring and encouraging others around them um, to do the same. Empowering, encouraging, inspiring, redefining what is possible and disrupting models. Keteka is doing a lot. Yeah, we're, tr <laughs> we're certainly trying. All right, so I'm ready to talk about these adventures. I've just been itching for it for the entire interview. <laughs> Okay. What is the most unique Kateka adventure that you've gone on? The most unique adventure that I got on was actually in Panama, um, and it was the Batcaves. Um, so basically, you traveled to the, by boat to a town called Pueblo Nuevo, um, which is an indigenous town um, in Panama Este uh, near the Darien, um, and you are essentially kind of led through these caves that are behind the community um, that are full of bats. Uh, you're wearing a headlamp, uh, you're swimming at some points, um, but you're learning a lot about the nature and um, you know everything that's around, all of the entire surrounding environment. Um, and then afterwards, you, you have traditional meals within the community. You get to talk with people in the community. You see how they live, experience how they live. You know, I think I thought that that was an awesome, awesome experience. One that I, I did with my co-founder. This was back in the days when we were actually, you know, vetting everything we saw, you know, in person. You know, just, or when we, we just got to make to sure, that. you know, it was up to par and that you really did get to see some bats on those journeys, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Unfortunately, that's becoming less and less of a valid excuse for getting to travel all over the place. Also buy it. <laughs> I think it's legit. <laughs> yeah. You guys have so many different, really unique food tours. What is the yeah. most delicious tour that you've gone on? So, unfortunately for me, I have not been able to go on any of the food tours. What? I uh, thought we were just discussing this vetting process. Yeah, I know. Well, so the food tours were added um, a little bit later. Once we were already in, um, we were in this accelerator startup Chile, um, and we started to get information about these other experiences. So um, the food tours were added at that point. Now, I will tell you, the food tour that I cannot wait to go on uh, would be the Afro-Panamanian food tour that we offer in Panama City. Um, and it is led by this uh, local guy named Isaac. 
Um, he's a chef um, and has a lot of chef friends and a lot of interesting neighborhoods in Panama that you probably wouldn't venture into on your by on your on your own. Um, but you'll be extremely lucky um, and fortunate to be able to do that um, if you're in, ever in Panama City. I mean, this guy. He's he's got a ton of energy. He's unbelievable. Uh, just talking with him, you know, he just makes you want to like hang out with him and be around him. Uh, you feel like he has so much to offer and so much history to share with you um, about Panama City, about Panama, about Afro-Panamanian culture. Um, but more than anything, are the pictures of <laughs> the food that he shares with people. It's, it's unbelievable. It makes me hungry every time I every time I look at them. I feel like I need to be researching tickets from Thailand to Panama right now as we speak. Yeah, I think you need to stop through Panama City on, on your way back to the States. It's on the way, right? Like, mm. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah you please. know, just like you have to vet everything. Works out great. Exactly, exactly. All right, so what is one of the trips that you haven't got to go on yet that you are just waiting to go on? Huh. Um, there are a lot of those. Um I think you know, hopefully recently, some Thailand one soon, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've recently added a few tours in Cuba. We've added some tours. We have tours in Venezuela and Brazil. Um, there's a tour that we actually have on hold right now, um, but there's a tour in the Amazon in Ecuador um, called the Bameno Community Tour that I'm pretty much dying to go on. Um, you know, I, it's basically two days in a dugout canoe down um, down the Amazon um, into the community um, you know like I think you mentioned this in the intro but you get to learn how to hunt with you know um, by blowing darts through bamboo and um, you know you get painted you, uh, you learn all about their culture religion you know over a few days um, really 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 looks like an enriching experience and everybody who's done it has come back and you know written reviews and said that this was a life-changing, unbelievable, amazing experience. Um, and you know I'm into those types of experiences. So <laughs> aren't we all? I mean, such unique things and really highlighting how K Tech is approaching this travel industry and not only going to be a disruptive technology, but providing such unique, authentic opportunities for travelers. With that, I think we're ready for some rapid fire. Oh, gosh. I didn't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should have checked your email. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. Well, ready or not, here we come. The rapid fire is one of my all-time favorite parts of this show, and I think it's just because of those adventures we get to talk about, like shark diving. How many guests have we had that have gone shark diving? Absolutely incredible. But before we dive into that, I wanted to share a quick insight from this incredible event called Journey to Social Entrepreneurship, which was all about focusing in and channeling the power of service to fuel powerful social enterprises. So that insight was all about asking permission. Sometimes we wait too long to act, almost waiting for the world to give us the okay. K-Tech founder describes a pivotal moment in his journey where he could either move forward or ask permission. If you're at a point in your life where you're ready to activate and you're ready to move forward, then this event is for you. Unlock all 20 recordings at journeytosocialentrepreneurship.com slash live. That includes some incredible founders like Three Twins Ice Cream, Cooley Cooley, Sponsor Change, My Ed Match, and more. 
And with that, I think we're ready for a dose of adventure. Since we've gone so far in depth on adventure, I think we've covered a recent adventure excursion you've gone on. So I'm going to move into the next rapid fire question, which is many social entrepreneurs find solace and tranquility in the outdoors. Have you found this to be true with your work? Yes. Awesome. How has that been beneficial? Um, so I, I just think like, you know, I've had the opportunity to visit a lot of really amazing places, um, especially just, uh, you know, right now I'm in Chile. Um, you know, I've been down to Patagonia and Torres del Paine uh, National Park. I'm just amazing, you know. Um, I would also say, and then I've been up into the desert and the Atacama desert and, um, done the stargazing and, you know, seeing the salt flats. Um, I would just, I, I think it's, uh, it's refreshing. And, you know, every time I see the posters about how they're basically telling everyone to go outside and, you know, have these wake up calls, you know, over and over again, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's true. We should, we should all be doing that. <laughs> We should all be doing it. What would you say one of your biggest successes with Keteka has been? You know, we've had a, we've had a, a number of successes over the last year and a half. Um, you know, some of them, you know, from basically getting into Startup Chile um, to our very first successful, uh, you know, delivery of an authentic experience, um, which happened just a week after we launched, actually. That's a big uh, success. Yeah, I mean that that one was huge. I mean, it's funny to look back at that uh, at that and look back at the very first person. I mean, we had launched the site with just five tours in Panama. You know, if you think about the fact that you know we have over 300 activities in 11 countries right now, and when we started, we had five tours in Panama, um, and that within a week, you know, a random couple who had been traveling through Panama you know, wrote us a message and said, hey, we want to do this, <laughs> this one of five activities that's on your site, you know, uh, can you make it happen? And we were like, what? How did you find us? Like, what's going on here? Is this a joke? You know, I really, we really, we really considered the possibility that it was a prank. Up until uh, that moment, I was going to say, this is one of those emails that you print off and hang on the wall. Oh yeah, definitely. This is this is a, I, this is an archive email that will never go go away. But um, but yeah, I think that that you know delivering. I think I remember you know we set everything up and then it became real. These people were actually going to go to this village. They were going to go to this village on San Cristobal Island with this and you know spend an entire day with this indigenous community. And we were um, you know. Very, very nervous. And I remember the whole day that they were doing this experience, you know, I was just super nervous. You know, I, I was like, I hope they're still alive, you know. And then, um, like, I so hope hopefully <laughs> you had vetted a little bit more than that. Well, of course. I mean, the thing is, is that we had vetted really well. And this was a community that had had a Peace Corps volunteer. So it was a Peace Corps volunteer that we knew. Um, you know, we'd been to the community before and we knew that. You know, they were, uh, they knew what they were doing. They'd been well trained. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's the first time that, you know, we were offering this experience and making it so easy for someone else to be able to have it. And so, you know, with the very first one, you know, you, even though you're confident when it's all on paper, you know, when it's actually happening, 
you know, you kind of freak out about it. You're like, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. <laughs> Not uh, like the whole future of your company <laughs> is riding on this one excursion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But kind of, you know, when you talk about entrepreneurship, one of the things that I think has also helped, kept us going is that it's building a company is really difficult. Um, and there are lots of challenges along the way, even just getting started. You know, but one of the things that kind of helps you to keep keep going is to think, okay, well, look, you know, right now we have nothing. <laughs> so if this goes really poorly, what do we have to lose? Pretty much nothing. You know, um, the future, if you think about it, if you're thinking about the future and everything, I mean, those are all things that are uncertain, but in terms of what you actually have in your hands, you don't really have that much. So you might as well just go for it and see, and see, you know, you know, could this work? Could this not work? And fortunately, uh, you know, we, that I remember that day after all of that nervousness, you know, we got the best email, uh, one of the best emails I've ever received in my life because it was a woman who booked the tour and she just talked about how incredible the experience was um, and how you know she loved the guide and she loved um, the community members and you know that was definitely the highlight of her trip and I was like okay I can get used to this I think we could I would love to provide this this type of experience for many more people so and one up. more archived email right. Yeah, exactly. One more archived email. You touched on the challenges of entrepreneurship, and sometimes it just is that kind of gnawing feeling and going off into the unexpected. So as you've gone through this, if you're an entrepreneur, you've obviously made mistakes. So what has been one of your favorite mistakes? I don't know. It's funny. The first things that that come to mind. So I mean, when we first started, um, we didn't have a, a web developer on our team. You know, Jack and I were both um, pretty well versed in terms of business uh, acumen, but we didn't um, have anyone that was really a tech person. So the site that we built, you know, we basically taught ourselves, you know, how to build it. Um, and I don't know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to go into the specifics, but obviously there were a lot of mistakes that were made in terms of building this website. Um, at the same time, you know, it was great to have something out that was working, um, at least occasionally. Uh, but, uh, you know, every once in a while, um, we would come across something, you know, where, you know, the whole site would just go white or would just shut down. Oh, uh, that's not important yeah. for a web-based company. <laughs> no, it's not important at all. Well, and so then it's, it's like I said, you know, in times like that, especially early on, you know, this is when, you know, during the kind of five tours in Panama kind of thing, uh, kind of days, um, you know, we're not receiving overwhelming volume of traffic at the time. So, you know, the, the bright, even though I would be freaking out, and be like, what is wrong? Like, what is going on? Um, you know, Jack would always remind me. And then, and often sometimes I'd have to remind him, I was like, Jack, not that many people are looking at our site right now. <laughs> Trust me, they're not, this is not making headline news that our site is down. Nobody, not quite nobody, like Google crashed, right? Ex exactly. Like this is, it's not. It's not as if Google or Facebook has crashed. We are. Um, I think we have time to figure this out. That um, would make headline yeah, news. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think. I think what. Uh, you know. But I can think of many mistakes. You know, where a site, the site was maybe down for you know a few days, and really it was the smallest little thing. You know, either I didn't update a plugin or I updated a plugin the wrong way. Um, you know, literally 
just hit the wrong button and, you know, would call our server and call, you know, for technical help to all of these people for days and days. And then finally realized I just essentially, you know, flipped the wrong switch. And if I flipped it back, everything would be fine. Note um, to self, when launching a web-based company, have a web developer on your team. Check. I think I'm good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. As soon as we had, as soon as we brought on, um, Claudio, who is our, our our web developer and 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 now partner, he I mean it changed everything. Uh, it made everything go a lot faster and, and made us a lot more efficient. Oh, awesome! Transitioning to the next question, what book do you recommend to other socially minded individuals who want to move forward in a social enterprise? You know, I don't. It's funny. I really don't have one off the top of my head, but and I actually would love. Um, for someone to recommend one to me, <laughs> um, I did read. Uh, I, I did read one book. I did read when I was starting this was a book called The Lean Startup. Well, Kyle, I have to say that must be a pretty good book because it is one of the most recommended books on the show. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. But for that list of books that you want to be recommended, uh, head on over to positiveimpactpodcast.com/goodreads and you can see all of the different books that our guests have recommended. <laughs> hey, perfect. I will do that. All right. Is there a mantra or a motto that guides forward your work with Kateka? Yeah. Um, so, it's funny. This is kind of a saying um, they say in Panama, um, they say siempre, siempre palante. Siempre um, palante. Yeah, palante, which is it's slang. It's basically they're saying siempre para adelante, which is like always going forward, you know, or always forward. Um, and like for us, you know, I am always thinking that, you know, siempre palante is like, you know, we're moving forward. We're, we're going to keep looking ahead and we're going to keep, you know, you know, iterating on our product. We're going to keep improving it. We're going to keep adding inventory to the site and we're going to make this, you know, that's, this is the only way that we're going to make this success if we can just keep looking forward and, and moving forward. Siempre palante. Is that uh -huh. right? Yeah, siempre, <laughs> siempre, siempre palante. Pal yeah. I really yeah. like that. That is a fantastic motto. And Kyle, my last question for you today what advice do you have for our listener to make a positive impact in someone's life today? Um, you know, the thing that I, again, I always go back to the things that I learned in Peace Corps, um, which I guess I learned a lot. But I think the most important thing that I learned is that there is nothing more valuable in this world than your time. Um, and there's not, it's nothing more valuable to yourself um, and nothing more valuable to other people and if you you know more than just giving money more than you know you know writing a check um, being able to give your time um, can significantly impact you know any of the people that are in your life and so what I would say is you know whether it's an initiative that you've been thinking about and that you think would be a great idea or whether there are people um, out there who you know could use your help um, you know giving of your time is the most valuable thing that you can give to someone. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I would say. And with that, Kyle, thank you so much for giving your time today to really drive home how you guys are changing up the tourism industry and providing these unique cultural experiences. Yeah, you're welcome. And how Thanks. do people book these? How do they get in touch? Um, so you can just go to our website, www.kateka.com. 
um, and you can browse all of the different experiences that we have there. Um, if they're really easy to book, you can reserve them with PayPal or credit card through Stripe. Um, you can also email us. You know, we love talking with uh, travelers and finding out about their future adventures, even past adventures um, that they want to tell us about. So um, you can you can email our team at info at or feel free to email me as well at kyle at kateka.com. Kyle, thank you so much. You have been an amazing guest today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, movers and shakers, I hope you guys enjoyed that incredible insight to different authentic cultures around the world. I have to admit, I'm seriously considering a trip to Costa Rica right now. I'm pretty sure if you tune in with us on Friday that you're going to be wanting to book your trip too because we have Isaac joining us, the mastermind between the culinary tour. And let's just say the way he describes the different plantains and the ceviche, oh man, it's going to be fun. For all of the resources mentioned, head on over to the show notes page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash kteka. That's K-E-T-E-K-A. Hang out with us there and you can also get your free audio download thanks to Audible of the Lean Startup. We have two free audio downloads for you there, so make sure to check them out. They're going to be about midway down the page. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.